Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It has been decades since Americans traveled to the moon, but that's about to change. Why? I think it's a foregone conclusion that we will end up on the moon in a permanent way that has to happen. Forget about real estate prices here on Earth. What about the moon? First, we got to figure out if we can survive. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Neil Armstrong became the first human to step foot on the moon in July of 1969. Between then and late 1972, NASA completed six lunar landings. In the last 50 years, there have been no trips to the moon. Not to mention the space shuttle program has come and gone. What happened to America's penchant for space exploration? It must be a hard thing for politicians to make an argument about spending resources on building craft and training people and sending them to space when you have domestic issues. In the 70s, we had Vietnam winding down. We had global financial issues. And then you start to focus on things closer to home, so you lose that aspiration of continuing to explore. To be honest, I think as a society, we sort of got complacent. When Apollo 11 went and landed on the moon, people were glued to their TVs around the world. And then as successive moon landings happened, the interest began to wane. It became commonplace. And then creates the space shuttle, which was supposed to be a reusable vehicle. And that was great. But even with the space shuttle, we sort of lost sight of what to do next. We didn't really continue to innovate. That right there, that is the voice of Michael Narlock. He's head of astronomy at the Cranbrook Institute of Science. There has been much talk in both science and science fiction about colonizing the moon. Michael says that seems to be a foregone conclusion these days. Eventually, do you think that we'll be on the moon in some kind of civilization or operational form, whether it's in 10 years or 50 years? Like, where, where are we going here, do you think? I think there are lots of hurdles to that, some of them technological, some of them political. Some of them psychological. What is it like to basically live in a large house and not being able to go outside? Or when you go outside, you don't feel a breeze on your face. But I think there will be those stalwart individuals who will accept that challenge and take it forward. I think it's a foregone conclusion that we will end up on the moon and end up on Mars in a permanent way that has to happen. I cannot foresee a future that is not catastrophically different than the one we're living in now, where that doesn't happen. Could there be calamity that happens that maybe delays it, I think, but I don't think it will prevent it. On Monday, the SLS Orion spacecraft will blast off from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. It's the first step in NASA's half-century journey to return to the moon. When the SLS Orion heads to space, this time it will be crewless. 
The goal is to put the spacecraft through rigorous testing before sending humans to the moon in 2025 using that same craft. Why are we doing this? Is it just for funsies? The current SLS Orion mission, dubbed Artemis 1, won't just be for testing out the equipment. If we humans are going to colonize the moon, we have to be able to, you guessed it, sustain life. That's something that Michigan State University professor Frederica Brandisi's team is already working on. We have to enable better life to humans. So we need to move our science from Earth to space. So we try to understand how plants respond to space flight and how they can better withstand space flight. Space flight is stressful. It poses plants to an environment that they have never experienced before. So what we're trying to do in our experiment is to test how seeds of a modern plant species can withstand flight. And we have equipped these seeds with higher content of specific amino acids. Amino acids are building blocks of proteins, and proteins make up the body of humans and plants, animals alike. Professor Brandisi teaches plant biology at MSU, and her team is going to send those specialized seeds to space to see if they can survive. Can we grow food on the moon? Can we create oxygen in a place that doesn't have it? Will the seeds even survive space travel? And see, that's where the experiment gets interesting, because the seeds are one thing, but what about a vessel to get them there? I mean, you can't just throw them in a plastic baggie and put it in your suitcase. As you can imagine, we have to put the seeds in a safe place. And safe place means that the seeds have to be in a container that can withstand the vibration, the pressure. Also, that will allow us to measure the temperature that seeds are going to experience in space. And the temperature will be recorded and we're going to get the data and reproduce the same temperature in the ground control at the Kennedy Space Center. There is a lot of technology that goes in there because we had to have custom-made containers to place the tubes that contain the seeds inside the capsule. And we had to share our experimental space with other scientists. So there is a lot going on there. And listening to our astronomer friend Michael talk, these kinds of experiments are a must for the greater good of mankind. We are increasing our knowledge, even if it's in what some might consider mundane ways, like how do tomato plants grow in zero G versus, you know, on a fast moving spacecraft versus in my garden. Knowledge is that thing that we seek. We're adding to the body of our understanding of the universe in which we live. It can't be understated. Knowing things for the sake of knowing things sometimes is justifiable reason to do something that's projected against the backdrop of the financial reality. We find ourselves coming out of a pandemic, a global slowdown of the economy. Those are real considerations. There are some who would find spending the monies that we are spending on traveling to the moon or Mars to be wasteful. And it's hard to argue against that. But there's also something to be said about nourishing the human spirit by continuing to explore, by not being complacent, by continuing to move forward in all aspects of life. People like Mike Narlock, they are excited about the return of lunar exploration. And surprise, surprise, he thinks you should be too. The danger is real. The rewards are real. 
the engineering feats are real, and the potential for increasing our knowledge of the universe is real. Mars is a target. We're just lobbing robots there to explore the red planet because we think that that planet, amongst other things, may at one time have harbored life. Imagine the headlines on that fateful day when we finally have concrete, verifiable evidence that there was life in the solar system on a place other than the Earth. That's going to be a seminal moment where we realize, nope, even if it was microscopic life, that means we aren't alone. That's the pursuit. And we've been lobbing spacecraft there, robots. And that's great. Robots can do a lot of things human beings can't. We've had such terrific success with robotic spacecraft and the space telescopes that do cost money, sure, but there's also no chance of loss of life. The early space missions had suffered human loss. We, of course, had the two shuttle tragedies. And when you send a robot to space and something goes terribly wrong, you lose things. You don't lose people. But the idea of having a human being in a suit on Mars, on the moon permanently maybe, being able to do that exploring, you can't replace that. And for Professor Brandisi, the stakes are even higher. You know, sending seeds to space inside of a rocket ship, it's not like it's a big deal or anything. There really is no redo, right? Like once this rocket launches, that's that. What kind of pressure does that put on you and your research team? Enormous, enormous. You know, we don't take these things lightly. NASA doesn't take them lightly. And I can tell you that it's been years of preparation getting to this flight. We had to work in a very meticulous manner with NASA engineering. So there's been years of preparation. And this has been for all the flights that have been doing with them. So let's say that like when you run a marathon, the marathon day is the last day of many, many weeks of preparation, meticulous preparation. You heard Mike say it earlier, the colonization of the moon is almost a foregone conclusion at this point. And if that's true, now is the time to take action. If that thought is going to become less and less far-fetched, we have to do things just like this. You can't just go and be like, you know what, Uh, we're going to figure it out when we get there. It'll be fine. That's exactly right. I mean, there have been biome studies here on Earth where people have locked themselves away in structures. Basically, they're simulations of what it would be like to live on the moon or to live on Mars. It does seem a bit counterintuitive, though, to leave the Earth behind, which has an atmosphere we can breathe and go to places that are truly inhospitable to human life. But that's part of the game. That's part of the evolution as human beings is to continue to keep looking, continue to keep doing those things that you think are impossible. Will the 300-plus-foot-tall SLS Orion rocket be the next step to lunar or Martian colonization? It very well could be if Monday's test is successful. Could we even be eating fresh veggies on the moon someday? But if nothing else, maybe this will spark romanticism with space travel again. Thank you much to both Mike Narlock and Frederica Brandisi for chatting with me today. This podcast would not be possible without the work of our digital team. Check out www.jnewsradio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you have questions, comments, or concerns about The Daily J? We want to hear them. Drop us an email at dailyj at odyssey.com. That's dailyj at audacy.com. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Southfield. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.